Well, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be starting, uh, well, we're going to be finishing our series in Proverbs, but we're going to start and read uh, chapter 31. So if you've got a Bible, whether it's um, paper form or uh, on a device, then do make your way to Proverbs uh, chapter 31. And uh, we're going to read the whole chapter together uh, before Dan uh, comes um, and explains that to us. So chapter 31 of Proverbs. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigour on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for rulers to crave beer lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all of the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing and wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute, Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hand to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her beds. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. Well, let's pray before Dan comes and explains that to us. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for your word that it is true and that it is powerful. Thank you for this series in Proverbs in which we've been able to explore your 
heart for wisdom and how you want us to live. And Heavenly Father, as we conclude our series this evening, I pray that, Lord, you still speak to us through your words, that you'd open our hearts, you'd open our minds to be able to hear what you have to say to us this evening. Father, I pray for Dan, I pray that you'd use him and use the words he's prepared to help us understand your words. Lord, I pray you bless him as he comes now and speaks to us. We pray it's all in Jesus' name. Amen. Seamless. There we go. Uh, fantastic. Thank you so much, James, uh, for leading us at the start tonight. And a good reminder about the census. That was, uh, that was, that was good. Need to go and do that afterwards. Well, a very good evening uh, to all of you watching. It's great to be here. And uh, yeah, do keep your Bibles in whatever form they are in front of you open as we explore this passage at the end of Proverbs. Well, there was a man called General Norman Schwarzkopf, and he was uh, a general in charge of the US Army and all of the operations. And he was involved in, in lots of different wars. And I think he was even commander of the, the coalition forces in the Gulf War in the 1990s. And he said something quite profound. He said this, he said, leadership is a potent combination of strategy and character. But he said, if you must be without one, be without the strategy. I really love that quote. I think it's a great quote and it gets to the heart of, of something quite profound. He was someone, I guess you could say, who knows a bit about what's important in life. What I guess you could say is really essential uh, when it comes down uh, to, to it. And character, Norman says, is something that is one of the most important things that anyone could ever have. And we'll hopefully see this evening that Proverbs agrees with Norman and Norman agrees with Proverbs. That character is of vital importance in life. In fact, we'll see that character is right at the heart, Proverbs says, of what it means to be wise. Because Proverbs has been so clear in telling us right the way through that almost you can be the smartest person in the room. And yet you can also be the least wise. You can be someone that, that knows all the right answers to all of these different questions. And yet you can still be viewed as foolish in Proverbs eyes because wisdom is about something far more. It's a matter of the heart. It's, a, it's about character, Proverbs says, living out this God-centred, God-focused way of life. Well, we're, we're coming to the end of our series in Proverbs, and I really hope you've been encouraged and you've been blessed by it as we've gone through. I certainly have. I've loved going through Proverbs. But as we come to the end of it, we're in the final chapter. Well, we're introduced to, as you see there, this figure called King Lamuel, as we saw right at the beginning of our passage. And what's interesting about King Lemuel is that he, it seems, is the son that we have been introduced to right at the start of Proverbs, that we've been seeing uh, sort of coming across all of these different chapters in Proverbs. He's the son that his father and mother were uh, teaching wisdom to right at the start of Proverbs. And as 
as the sun has got higher and he's got older and older, the wisdom has changed and it's adapted. And finally, now we see at the end, he's king. He's king. And we see in chapter 31, verse one, that, that he mentions only his mother. Do you see that? And so his father, the, the previous king, he must have died. And now he is the heir, has now taken his place. And we might be thinking to ourselves this evening that maybe as we heard that passage read out to us by James, that well, this is a rather strange way to end the book of Proverbs. This maybe wasn't the ending that we were expecting for this wisdom book with this description of a wife of noble character. It leaves us with this description and then it just ends at the end. Goodbye from Proverbs. We might think it's a bit of a strange ending, but I want to suggest this evening that actually as we've gone through Proverbs, this makes the most sense for an ending like this. That this description of a wife of noble character that we're going to be exploring tonight is actually the most fitting ending to the book of Proverbs. And I say that firstly uh, because in Proverbs, wisdom has very clearly been personified as a woman. Uh, we see that she calls out and she invites people to learn from her. We see that explicitly in chapter nine of Proverbs. A uh, wisdom, she's personified as a, as a woman. Uh, secondly, it makes sense that it ends like this, uh, because in Proverbs, right the way through, you might have noticed this. One of the greatest threats that the father and the mother of this son teach the son and warn the son about is about getting close and connected with the wrong woman. That actually one of the most dangerous things that this son can do is to choose a woman of poor character. In a just in a, in a quick glance through the book of Proverbs that I did this week, I spotted 15 references. Uh, some were very short, just one verse, some were uh, five or six verses, but 15 references to wisdom shared about the son choosing, well, a woman of poor character and the damage that it is. Uh, warnings ranging from, uh, from committing adultery with a woman who maybe entices the son to, to go with him, uh, to uh, how damaging it is to live with someone who is quarrelsome in all that they do or they say. And it's clear right the way through Proverbs that one of the biggest dangers for the son is that if he aligns himself with a woman of poor character, that will lead him off the way of wisdom. That's a real danger that the mother and the father of the son warn him against. And that brings us to the third and the final reason of why it makes so much sense that it ends with this description of a wife of noble character because we have to remember the biblical context that proverbs comes in and most of these proverbs are written by king solomon and we have to take solomon seriously as we read that because solomon well if he was going to share with his son one thing about being a wise king and living out the life of wisdom well, I think it would almost definitely be this. 
I say that because actually, as we read Solomon's life, this was ultimately his downfall. We get an extract from his story in 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. Uh, you might want to turn to it or I'm going to read it out uh, for us. And I, when we read this, I think this makes it so clear, so clear on why Proverbs 31 ends on this note. So this is 1 Kings 11. It says King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians and Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your heart after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had seven hundred wives of royal birth and 300 concubines and his wives led him astray as Solomon grew old his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of his father David his father had been Maybe it becomes clear why Proverbs ends like this. The wisest king in all of the Old Testament, Solomon, well, his downfall, he actually ended up not living out the wise life. And the reason? Because he was unwise when it came to relationships, when it came to choosing a wife. And in fact, all of the wives, the women that he did choose to be with, well, they led him astray. They led him off the path not to be fully devoted to the Lord. And, and at the end of that reference in 1 Kings, it points to another king, a King David, uh, Solomon's father, who whilst is famous for being a giant slayer and a famous psalmist and songwriter and a great king, well, he shares a similar story, doesn't he? And he too went astray from that way of wisdom. And he pursued and he got bound up with Bathsheba, Ending up committing adultery, even murdering Uriah, Bathsheba's husband. It all carries a similar theme, a similar story. And when we piece all that Proverbs has been showing us and everything from that biblical context of Solomon and David, well, I hope we're seeing now this ending to Proverbs about a wife of noble character and the importance of character. Well, it really does make the most sense that Proverbs ends this way. And whilst King Lemuel's mother in verse three of our passage uh, tells him to not spend his strength on women who ruin kings. Well, she points him to not spend his strength on women like that, but to find someone more valuable, more precious, more beautiful, a woman who is strong in her own sense, a woman who holds immense wisdom, a woman, a wife of noble character. Because as we saw from the start, and as we're gonna see through the rest of this evening, character is what matters most. Character is at the heart of wisdom. And character is essential for walking in this way of wisdom, as Solomon would testify, and so many others. Well, our focus this evening is going to be from verse 10 onwards, this epilogue that you might see in your Bibles. 
And as we read through this account of what this wife of noble character looks like, there are five character traits that I want to summarize at this um, as, as Proverbs describes it. Five character traits as we go through. So the first one we see is selfless. Selfless. Do we see that in verse 12? Uh, look with me. Uh, it says she brings him good, not harm all the days of her life. Uh, verse 15. Again, she gets up while it is still night. She provides food for all of her family. Verse 21. Again, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed with in scarlet. And this is someone, it seems, who isn't primarily focused with their own interests. They are, they are always seeking to serve, to bless uh, those around first and foremost. The, the interest isn't about their own personal gain, but about others' gain. And that selflessness, actually, it leads to own personal sacrifice so that those she loves most might gain. Secondly, diligent. Look with me at verses 16 to 19. It says she considers the field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. And she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. This is a, a woman on a mission, a productive, efficient, and very effective, shrewd in all of her dealings and trading. She's the opposite of the sluggard that we've been warned time and time again in Proverbs that is not the way of wisdom. This woman is diligent and driven in all that she does. Thirdly, compassionate. Look with me at verse 20. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Again, verse 21, I'll read that again. It says, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. This is someone whose heart is moved into action when they're confronted with need that is so obvious to them, whose heart is soft and not hard, and they're, they're welcoming, their, their arms are open to all those who need love and care and support no one is cast off she has love for everyone around her compassionate fourthly wise but but wise in speech in particular uh, look with me at verse 26 it says she speaks with wisdom and and faithful instruction is on her tongue verse 28 we see the result of that it says her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. She's someone who speaks with wisdom and clarity and insight into all of these different situations. She builds up with her speech those around her and points people in the right direction. And after an encounter with her, people praise her. They give thanks for the wisdom that she shares. But ultimately, we see it's not just her wisdom that she speaks that she's praised for, but for something far greater. And that leads us to the fifth and the, the final 
traits, character trait of this wife of noble character, and that is she's God-fearing. She's God-fearing. Look with me at verse 30, because this really gets to the heart of it. This is the, the great summit of what is at the heart of a woman of noble character. This really sums it all up. Verse 30, Proverbs says, Charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. We've been seeing right the way through God, haven't we? This fear of the Lord, that it's the, the beginning of wisdom. It's the source, you could say, from which everything else flows in life. That view that gets God and ourselves in the right perspective that, that actually we're small, but God is big. That we're creature, but he's creator. That we're weak, but he is strong. That we fail, but he is faithful. A view of God that seeks to make him number one. The centre and focus of everything in life that, that sees God. God's opinion as the only opinion that in life really matters. The proverb says, that proverb says, is where true beauty lies. And it's a beauty that, that doesn't fade like everything else around. It endures. This is what makes up, proverb says, the, the woman of noble character. Selfless, a, a diligent, compassionate, wise and God-fearing woman. So where does that leave us this evening? What does this mean? Is the application really uh, women uh, try to be like this and men you know, try and find a woman like this? Well, sure, uh, there is definitely an application that says it's wise in saying that if we're looking for someone to be with, someone to marry, then this is a fantastic guide uh, to see what good godly character looks like. But Proverbs points us to something much deeper than that. You see, if all the wisdom, you see, all the wisdom that we find in Proverbs chapter 31, all of the, the character traits that we see describes this wife of noble character. You see, these are mainly quotes of proverbs that we have been seeing right the way through the book. And there's nothing intrinsically different about this being wisdom specifically for women. And this is wisdom for all of us. It's this summing up so beautifully so much of the wise life that we've been seeing throughout proverbs. And we saw earlier that it just makes sense that it ends with this description of a woman with noble character because of everything that we've seen. But Proverbs 31, it's really meant to leave us with an impression that character is worth more than anything and makes more of a difference than anything in life. And that's what verse 10 says, doesn't it? She's worth far more than rubies. That is, you know, we all have a value that is precious and, and cannot even be measured in God's sight. But, but the value it's talking about is the character. The character's worth more than rubies. To have someone like that, it's precious. And yet in our culture, wouldn't you say, character isn't something, I, I would think, that is necessarily prized. 
necessarily looked at as something that is great. Character might be described in our culture as, as almost just being nice to one another, as maybe having manners, uh, polite manners, you know, you could say. Character in our culture doesn't really get the award of the glitz and the glamour that other traits maybe do. It's something that doesn't seem maybe particularly valuable. It's often silent and underground. It can't be measured exactly. And so it often goes unnoticed. It's a bit like salt in a meal that you cook. You wouldn't list it as one of the ingredients if you have to say to someone what was in it. But if you took it out, well, you'd notice it straight away. And Proverbs shows us that character has that same underlying and yet powerful part in life. Character has the power to bless those around us or to bring even hardship or pain, distress even. Character is crucial to life. And the question really is, if, if we want to be good, blessed, fruitful, loving uh, wives, husbands, sons, daughters, fathers, siblings, mothers, employees, fathers, employers, leaders, friends, then character, Proverbs says, is going to be essential to that. That's the message that Proverbs wants to leave us with. Character is crucial. And therefore, if that's true, if that's where it leaves us, if, if really character is one of the most precious things that you and I can have in life, then I want to leave just very th three very short implications as we close this book of Proverbs. Firstly, if character is crucial, then seek this character in ourselves first. You know, I hope as we've journeyed through this book of Proverbs that we've come to see that living out this wisdom, this wise life, having this character is one of the most precious things that we could ever have in life. And it's precious because it blesses us. It blesses those around us. And it's living life in the way that we were meant to live it. In the way we were designed to live it in relationship with God. It's the best life we could live. And so at the end of the day, it's really a call to seek it for ourselves, to seek out living this wisdom, to pursue this wisdom and this character in our own lives. And our third point will show us how we can do that. But firstly, seek this character ourselves. Secondly, seek this character in others. You know, yes, one of the biggest decisions we can make is like King Lemuel in who we're going to spend our lives with. And so, yes, use this as a wonderful guide to use. If we're looking to see who's going to bless us in our lives, who's going to bless us in our walk with Jesus, someone that we can do life with, or we'll seek out this character in others. Be a source of great blessing. But in both of these points that we've mentioned, please remember this final one. To seek this character in Christ. Because as we look through this wisdom, it might be that we think, do you know, I'm not sure I look like this. This is quite the list, isn't it? I mean, if you're looking through this, this is a, an incredible description of someone. 
And we might be thinking, I'm not sure I look like this. We might be looking at those around us and we think, I'm not sure anyone looks like this all of the time. And we might echo with that question in verse 10 that says a wife of noble character, who can find, who can find someone like this? Because let's face it, even those who come closest to these descriptions fall short on some days. This character is hard to maintain every day, all day. Who can find someone with this noble character? But you know, I wonder, as we were going through those five character traits of this godly wife that Proverbs describes, whether there was someone going through your mind as we were describing and we were going through it. You see, as I was preparing this, there really was one person that came to mind to me who lives out this wisdom so perfectly and that is Jesus himself he is the one who is totally and completely selfless in everything who Philippians says did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage but took and made himself nothing Jesus gave himself up not for himself but for others in the most incredible way, like we heard this morning, he went to the cross, the most selfless act of love that anyone has ever displayed in history for you and for me. He's the one who totally and completely is diligent in everything in life. The one who set his face to Jerusalem, who knew that the cross was before him and accomplished the mission that he set out to do. The rescue that we needed, nothing was missed. Nothing stopped Jesus from that goal. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He pursued it. He was diligent. He tirelessly worked towards that goal. He's the one who is totally and completely compassionate in everything. And he holds out his hands to us this evening in each of our need and our lostness. And he invites us to know him. And he says that no one who comes to him will ever be turned away. Jesus welcomes anyone to him, the worst, the broken, the sceptic. He has compassion. He has mercy and love for all those that he comes across. For all those turn to him. He's the one who is totally and completely wise in everything he says. His word is a rock we can stand on. His word brings clarity and insight into our lives. And we praise him because of the encounter that we have with him in his word. He's the one who's totally and completely fears the Lord. Jesus shows us perfectly how to live in a right perspective of God in mind. Someone whose most pressing and most important priority each and every day was to walk with his heavenly father. Jesus is the one who demonstrates this character. And so this evening, if we want to be wise, if we want to have this character that will be a blessing, Proverbs says, to those around us, we'll seek this in Christ. Just look to him. Look to him, study him, lean on him, speak to him, seek him. If we're looking to this character in others, please remember Christ. And remember that he's the only really perfect example of this character. And when we fall short of living out this wisdom, 
when we fall short of living out this character, will let us this evening draw near to Christ and know the mercy, the, the forgiveness that he brings. He is wisdom for us to cherish, to imitate and to be blessed by. Let us seek him. Well, let's pray as we close this evening. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the book of Proverbs. We thank you that it shows us the importance of character. How character can Lord, make such a difference, not just to our own life, but to the lives of those that we come across. And we pray that you would help us, Lord Jesus, to live out this wisdom, to live out this noble character that we see in your word, that it, we might be that blessing, that channel of your love and your grace to those around us, that we might bless those around us as we live out this life that you have called us to live. We pray that our eyes may look to you, Lord Jesus, that we might see you as the one who truly lives out this wisdom. And that as we see you, Lord Jesus, the one who has done everything that we need, that it might be our heart's ambition to live more like you each day and to seek that character and wisdom that you exemplify. We pray that this might bring blessing to our lives and to the lives of those around us. May you help us as we cherish these things this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.